When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com to have your constitutional rights protected. Zen Sports, promo code A-T-O-Z-T-N. You see it right behind me? You can plug that in and get up to $1,000 on your no-danger first wager. You can do that in the Zen Sports app and TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMavFitness.com for your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, no workout ever recycled or repeated at TrueMav. So, as we look at this um, last, I mean, hell, last three and a half, four and a half, five hours of coaching news. It has been pretty crazy. Nick Saban, uh, the greatest coach in the history of college football. Is anybody going to dispute this? Um, Seven national championships at Alabama, turned it back into a national powerhouse. Um, Six of those titles, or excuse me, six of those titles at Alabama. He did win the seventh or um, however you want to sequentially order them. He did win a title at LSU and six at Alabama, 17 seasons total in Tuscaloosa. And so Nick Saban uh, told the team, told the Alabama team, informed them today that he would be retiring from his position. Now, he has not spoken publicly yet. It's going to be fascinating to see how it goes. Uh, Greatest recruiter in history, says Tim Mills. I think that I think that that is a Really, really spot on. And by the way, I think that he's getting out at a particular time when this has never been more hellacious. Um, Recruiting, NIL, transfer portal, all of it's become super, super murky. Nick Saban's decided, you know what? No, not not for me anymore. Now, I'm sure Alabama fans would have liked to see him right off into the sunset with a win, uh, ultimately seeing his college football coaching career end in a loss to Michigan. But we'll start with your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, if you want to get involved. Uh, What has been the biggest surprise of the football coaching cycle? Um, The biggest shock of the football coaching cycle? We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. That's college, that's pro. There's been a lot of big headlines here even in the last 24 hours. Uh, Let me know, and we'll discuss at length together. Uh, Marco says he'll be back when Titans talk commences. The greatest football coach in the history of college football just retired. And we're still talking about the Titans. We're just talking about it through the context of Nick Saban. Um, So that's that's on you for not being patient enough because we haven't said the word Titans in four and a half minutes. Good God. Control yourselves. Um, But what has been the biggest shocker of the football coaching cycle? We will talk about it. Right after I remind you that your uh, Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service is what Two Rivers Ford offers you. They are the best in the business. They have been that for 40 years, over 40 years here in Middle Tennessee. Powered by Ford, driven by people. Go to tworiversford.com today. 
So what's been the biggest shock of the football coaching cycle? Uh, Mark Beach says, Rabel was in Tuscaloosa today. My brother's cousin's nephew's garbage man saw him. Yes, <laughs> I would. I would love that. That would make me. That would make me laugh. Uh, Saban uh, getting fired. Raves going back to college. Says Stephen King. There has been zero indication that Mike Rabel has been going back to college. But you know, as as these things go, it's super fluid, and no scenario should be ruled out at this point. Alabama is going to be very, very much aligned, and if. You know, somebody is worth north of $10 million to come into college football and try and keep Alabama on the rails. I think it would be fascinating to see. Um, can't, let's see. Vrabel was the biggest shock for sure for Jonathan. Uh, Chris Frazier says that Pete Carroll was the biggest shock. And we'll talk about Pete a little later on. But there is no question today. I don't think anybody expected to see um, the headline come across all of our phones at the same time, which is Nick Saban after 17 years at Alabama after so many more years coaching in college football, was calling it quits today. But everybody else in the media does just create some shit and throw it on the wall and see what sticks, which is what I see happening everywhere. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN, it's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison, like rat poison. So we're going to play everybody who can expedite winning the game. That's what that's what we're going to do. So I don't think anybody should expect us to do anything else. Do you guys take math? Do you have math class? Not anymore. No, don't. Can you, did you learn how to add when you did have math class? Like 22 and 3 make 25? I mean, if I could tell you why you asked that question, I, hell, I wouldn't be up here. Right? I mean, so how do I know why we didn't practice good on Wednesday? Now, y'all scared to ask another question? <laughs> when I came here, everybody was happy to win a game. All right, now we're not happy to win a game anymore. We're not happy to win a game at all. All right, we think we should win games by whatever. Because one of you folks are going to give some player that comes to our school a bunch of money to come to our school. And then you're going to come to the game in full strut. I think, and I'm going to tell everybody I got that guy to come to Alabama. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. Because if it was up to you, we're, we're, we're six foot under already. We're dead and buried and gone. Gone. You guys gave us a lot of really positive rat poison. The rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal. But the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. <laughs> now everybody gets all excited about the beginning of the season you know you get excited about getting married all right but after you're married for a while you know you got to have a process to make it work all right and no matter what happens we need to have a process to make it work in every game that we play you just think we just you know whatever happens we just shit another player I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. Because we have a tendency to think that way around here. Instead of just kicking people's ass like you're supposed to and working to do it. All right. So when you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. I know you would like to some kind of way extract something out of this bottle. All right. That's not there. It's not there. You all speculate and create things. And then you want people to respond to it. Get this bottle to respond to it, because I don't know anything more than that. Can't assume anything. 
I don't even know what you asked me, but I just wanted to say that. And any particularly nice birthday presents today? Not really. I only got really one, and it was one of those things where you push the the button and it says that's bullshit. It's the only one I got. So I don't know if somebody's trying to tell me something or what. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you all something because I'm really interested in this. Um, you ask me questions all the time. So we had a media training session yesterday. How'd I do? Did I do better because I sat through media training? So I'm supposed to smile and say thank you. That was great. Nick Saban uh, retiring after 17 years at Alabama, 71 years of age. A to Z Sports Primetime is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Go to AmandaJGentry.com wherever justice demands. Amanda J. and her team are there to serve you. Make sure your constitutional rights are protected. Make sure you're informed about your constitutional rights. Nobody will fight harder for you and go wherever justice demands the way that Amanda J. Gentry Will and her team, AmandaJGentry.com, for more information. So I think Nick Saban, by far and away, was the biggest shock of the of the coaching news cycle. Now, you know, Bill Belichick is another domino that is still technically out there. I'm sure something will happen with Jim Harbaugh one way or the other in the next couple of uh, in the next couple of days or weeks. Uh, apparently, Nick Saban put out a statement. The University of Alabama has been a very special place. To Terry and me, we have enjoyed every minute of our 17 years being the head coach at Alabama, as well as becoming a part of the Tuscaloosa community. It is not just about how many games we won and lost, but it's about the legacy and how we went about it. We always tried to do it the right way. The goal was always to help players create more value for their future, be the best player that they could be and be more successful in life because they were a part of the program. Uh, it is wild. The amount of success there, as we mentioned, six national championships at Alabama, um, of course, seven in total, including his one at LSU. This was a graphic put out by the 33rd team earlier today. Uh, Nick Saban, 22, or excuse me, 206 and 29. <laughs> 16 and seven in bowl games, 10 SEC West titles, nine SEC championships, six national championships just at Bama since 2008. Saban's teams have spent part or all of each season ranked at least top four in the national polls. And then as far as the draft is concerned, uh, Nick Saban continued to put talent into the league. 116 players, total draft pick, uh, excuse me, 116 players drafted in total out of Alabama, 41 first round picks. He had damn near double the amount of first round draft picks than he did losses at Alabama across 17 years. It's crazy. Um, but, but as a Vols fan, uh, thank God, you know, <laughs> says BF. Yeah, everybody else is is thrilled to death that Nick Saban is leaving. And, you know, I, I kind of like that he did, that he just, that he just did it, right? That there was no, like, uh, Dwayne Wade level retirement tour or Kobe Bryant type retire retirement tour. Um, and, and that he just, you know, he spoke to his team. He made a decision. It was pretty quiet all around it. There was no indication that Nick Saban was contemplating retirement. Um, I don't remember seeing reports to that effect out there. So that he just 
made his decision, told his team, and and did it without a press conference or anything else. I'm sure he'll speak publicly at some point. I'm sure he'll be back on television uh, in the very near future. He's really, really charismatic, and at 72, he's got more energy than than me at 30. It's wild. But I think, uh, you know, I think that by far and away was the biggest shock of the coaching news cycle. And to see that come down today was uh, was pretty, pretty unique. That's one that's one that you're going to remember, like where you were at when Nick Saban retired from coaching football. Saban the Goat says Corey D. Jackson. Lone Star Titan says dude has charisma for days. Billy Jones says Butch Jones to Bama, please. Oh, God, the things that I would do for Butch Jones to have a mainstream college football job again, just for the quotes, just just for the quotes. Uh, Elo says his wife said it before uh, to stress uh, too. I mean, I assume you mean too much stress for his health. Yeah, you don't. You you know, you want him to. You want him to kind of ease into things, even if he's still incredibly intense at his age. And I don't know, he could probably still do it for as long as he wanted to do it. That's that's a that's like a Supreme Court justice. That's a that's a position that he could hold until he died if he wanted to. I guess that. Uh, I guess that, uh, you know, they just don't want him to die on the sidelines, basically, and that they would like to spend some time with him before, you know, not to, not to be cryptic or anything like that, but, you know, he's closer to the end than he is the beginning at 72, and you don't know how much time you're going to get. So that's how it goes. Um, now, to the second biggest surprise of the coaching cycle. There's been a lot of surprises out there. Some expected, some not. Some people who kept their jobs, some people who lost their jobs, um, certainly. I think there's as many surprises as who kept their jobs actually, uh, as a matter of fact. So from the NFL and the coaching cycle, what was the second biggest surprise of the college, or excuse me, of the football coaching cycle? We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, Troy Anderson says Alabama goes into the tank. How great does the rest of college football feel know, knowing that Alabama is just kind of out there, that there's decommitments happening all over the place, that guys are going to be able to reopen the transfer portal and and all of that, it's uh, it's going to be pretty wild. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the five-star wide receiver, Jeff, but I did see that the uh, big-time five-star wide receiver did commit from Alabama earlier today and has reopened his commitment. So it's going to be a feeding frenzy around their program. Going to be a lot of uh, a lot of um, recruiting against Alabama, given that nobody is there to recruit for Alabama in the absence of Nick Saban. So what was the uh, second biggest surprise of the coaching cycle? We'll get into it right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by Zen Sports. Up to $1,000 on your no-danger first wager is what Zen Sports offers you. Promo code A2TOZTN is how you get that great offer. Uh, you will always enjoy all the great odds boosts, all the great promo bets, the VIP program that they have for you if your Zen Sports play qualifies. You can submit yourself to be considered for all the great perks and comps and all manner of things that come as a part of being the Zen Sports VIP program, go to zensports.com slash VIP. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, what's been the second biggest surprise of the coaching cycle? Um, Square Up says Vrabel wanting Ryan Cowden to be GM last season and asking for a higher up above Rand Carthon now. It's pathetic. Uh, so, here's here's what I know on that. Um, Mike Vrabel uh, did not want a higher up above Rand Carthon. Mike Vrabel did want Ryan Cowden. So there's there's a lot of shit that's out there. There's a lot of stuff swirling around. And, you know, to to have you guys take me at my word, I know that's a, that's a big ask in today's news cycle. But uh, 
having a lot of different conversations over the course of, you know, basically from Sunday until today, include including up uh up and to including today. Um Vrabel wanted Ryan Cowden to be the general manager. Rand Carthon was on a short list of people that Mike Vrabel uh, was willing to entertain the idea of and that there was no ask for a higher up above Rand Carthon uh, from Mike Vrabel, but that that Amy Adams-Strunk had made up her mind on the Vrabel situation. Uh, As of Tuesday morning, they kept the conversation short and succinct and decided that they would go in a different direction. So that is what it is. Um, but I know there's a lot of stuff going back and forth on there and it's a, uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a complicated situation for sure. But, um, Mike is not, Mike is not faultless in all of this, which I think is, you know, I think you guys knew and, and beyond just performance, like there's a lot of jockeying for position going on in these NFL organizations. And sometimes you win some battles and sometimes you very much lose some battles and sometimes you lose the outright war. So, uh, what's been the biggest surprise of the the second biggest surprise of the coaching cycle? Well, I mean, Vrabel Vrabel is a big one for sure. Um, but I don't know how you couldn't look around and say uh, Pete Carroll not being the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks after 14 years is isn't the big the second biggest surprise of I mean, hell, it's the second biggest surprise of just today's coaching news. It would have been the biggest surprise had Nick Saban not retired. Well, over the last couple of weeks, there's been kind of some murmurs of general manager John Schneider doing some background work on candidates just in case Pete Carroll decided to step away. Because the reality is, until probably earlier today, it seemed like he was coming back. It seemed like it was okay. He had said publicly and privately that he planned on coaching. And then he met with the owner, Jody Allen. And what he learned and what we all learned was that the progress they made over the last couple of years The way that they have rebuilt that roster, going from Russell Wilson to, I guess, the post-Russell Wilson era, simply the results were just not quite good enough. Pete Carroll saying that he competed to be the coach, he clearly wanted to be the coach and planned on being the coach, and actually, Tom, wouldn't even shut the door on being the coach somewhere else. But it is ultimately the owner's decision, and Jody Allen decided that, that Pete Carroll was best served as an advisor, not as a head coach. And so Seattle goes into a new era without Pete Carroll, with a new coach in the sideline, and a roster that really is uh, ready to compete compete right now. So that is Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, uh, kind of detailing the stuff around Pete Carroll, which I agree. Uh, some of you are saying that it's weird, um, and I would agree with that assessment. I'm going to explain uh, a little bit more on that situation right after I remind you that True Math Fitness in the Gulch makes the primetime show possible. Go to truemathfitness.com for your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, no workout ever recycled or repeated. True Math Fitness always puts you in the best position to succeed. Personal training, group fitness classes, or just a membership to work out and get in shape on your own terms. A new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to truemathfitness.com today. Uh, so, the Pete Carroll situation is a bit bizarre. I think that's fair to, uh, I think that's fair to note. Uh, everything that has happened around Pete Carroll, uh, you know, even though he's he's up there in age, and you heard Rappaport say there that they were doing some due diligence just in case he decided to step aside again. He's seventy-two, for the same. He's the same age as Nick Saban. Uh, both have incredible energy. Fourteen seasons, ten playoff appearances, and he has the franchise's lone Super Bowl win. Um, they made a statement today after thoughtful meetings and careful consideration for the best interest of the franchise. Um, is what team owner Jody Allen said the decision was made in consideration of. Seahawks finished 9-8 and eight 
and missed the playoffs for the second time in three years. Uh, and Pete Carroll is going to remain with the team in an unspecified advisory role. Now, uh, we don't have a clip from Pete Carroll's press conference, but it's worth checking out. Honestly, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's I mean, he is responsible for the worst play call of all time, for sure. But uh, looking at uh, looking at the circumstance for Pete Carroll, um, you know, I think Pete Carroll is one of those guys that deserves to go out on their own terms. And to be honest with you, I think that it is uh, it's such a fascinating sometimes you need to make a change just for the sake of making a change, just to get a breath of fresh air into the building and all and and all that kind of stuff. I think I think that can be real as an NFL organization. And again, it's not like things are stale around Pete Carroll. He's 72. He's out there playing quarterback at practice. Like there are few people that you will find that will bring that kind of energy and enthusiasm to their respective jobs as Pete Carroll did. But I uh I'm so interested to see how this coaching cycle now plays out. There are now seven job openings including the Tennessee Titans. Um you know, I think the Titans were the second best. I think the Commanders are still the best job on the board just because it's the most cap space in football. you got the second overall pick, which means you can have your pick at quarterback and you can arm yourself to trade up to uh, trade up to first. I believe they have eight draft picks this year in Washington. Washington is the best job if you're a if you're a coach, just kind of clean slate, new ownership that you know is going to have your back. No GM in place right now. Washington is the best job on the market which is funny to say because, of course, Washington has been a shit show of a franchise until such time as uh, Dan Snyder was run out of town. Corey Smith says, Commanders over Chargers? Hell yes. Hell yes. Uh, the the uh, Chargers have already squandered their affordable uh, quarterback contract window. They are paying Justin Herbert $50-plus million a year. Their cap situation is in hell. They are the second team at best uh, in Los Angeles. Um, well, no, they're not even the second team at best in Los Angeles, but they're definitely the second professional football franchise in Los Angeles. And, uh, they have a bunch of expiring contracts on the books this year that are really, really bloated and not terribly productive. I don't think the command, excuse me. I don't think the chargers are, are that good of a job at all, to be completely honest with you. Although they, you know, having a quarterback in place does matter, but they've already, you know, the, the most valuable thing is not even like the quarterback the most valuable thing is the cheap quarterback right and they've already missed the window on the cheap quarterback um I would argue that the Titans are the second best job but I don't know between Tennessee and Seattle what I would consider um if just as a coach right now the quarterback situation is obviously not very settled in Seattle it looks to be more settled here with Will Levis uh whomever the new head coach is will be able to make a determination on Will Levis, but I do think Will Levis's contract is a is a selling point. Titans have the second most cap space in the NFL. I would have to look at Seattle's uh, cap situation, but it is kind of interesting to see. Um, it is kind of interesting to see how all of this breaks down and how coaching candidates will view this. Um, Hello, lady says, why is Tennessee a good job? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, I don't think it's the best job on the market, but again, I think that a quarterback question being answered is a big one. I think that he's cheap and you have all the cap space and draft capital in the world to build around him matters. Um, you have an owner who is going to hire you to be in a collaborative role. So you know that at least for a year, the owner will have your back, uh, the way that they experimented with the Mike Vrabel situation. 
And that Rand Carthon has a lot of connections to these candidates that are going to be out there, including Bobby Slowick, who was with him uh, or was on the same staff as Rand Carthon during their time together in San Francisco. Um, I think that this is a, uh, I think that this is a, a pretty viable job. Now, do I think that the way that they've gone about creating this job opening, um, is the best? No, I think they've botched a number of different things along the road, but if they end up being justified in their decision, which of course we have no idea, uh, whether they're going to be justified in their decision or not for probably not next year and probably not the following year, it's probably, you know, it's like a, it's like a draft class. It's probably going to take three years for you to know whether somebody's good or bad at their job. And by then those things could change. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that a lot of this stuff, um, is going to be, you know, in consideration and it's why, you know, it's why if they were going to move on from Mike Vrabel, whether that's a trade or a firing, the Tennessee Titans, that they were right to do it now because you see how quickly already everybody else is moving around you. And if you feel like you need to make a change with the coach, then you better make sure that you land, uh, the coach that makes the most sense for you. And that is the best fit for you. Uh, the national media acts like there will be no team in Nashville next year with no Vrabel. Well, listen, and this point was made to me earlier today, as a matter of fact, uh, the Titans want Mike Vrabel to get a job. Like they have, they have put a considerable amount of emphasis as an organization, as a marketing uh, department on the identity of the Tennessee Titans being Mike Vrabel. So, of course, people would look around based on how much they have leaned into Mike Vrabel as an organization. He's kind of a Frankenstein monster of their own creation, right? Um, at least from a from a from an optics standpoint, the identity of the Tennessee Titans right after Derrick Henry is Mike Vrabel. That's what it's been. So I don't think you should be shocked that people are reacting to that in that way, because to them, it reads that the Tennessee Titans just fired their identity, right? That they that they have always leaned into who Mike Vrabel is as a person, um, you know. I think I think makes all the sense as a world in the world, and that's who they tried to be, right? And it didn't work ultimately. Here, I don't think that uh, I don't think that um, that is that is something that people should be surprised by. But it is something to to be honest with you. It's an angle that I had not considered until uh, until today when I was having some conversations about this whole situation. Um, so. Uh, Amar says, it doesn't really matter what you think about the decision. Uh, I don't know if Amar's talking to me or talking to just collectively, just talking, you know, just saying something to say something. Uh, it doesn't really matter what you think about the decision. It happened, get over it, move on. Tired of local and national media crucifying Miss Amy if she's the, oh, I assume that is meant to say owner. I think he just kind of, in his righteous fury of typing, uh, botched the end, botched the landing there. Um, listen, you're ultimately right. It's Amy Adams Strunk's decision to make. It doesn't matter what we think of it one way or the other. The decision was made. Now, if they, if it ends up biting them in the ass, then of course we're going to, we're going to bury them for it. Right. They, they would deserve to be buried for it, uh, at that point. But, um, you know, Amar, the, the reason there's, there's different reasons that people are going at Amy Adams Strunk. My issue with the way that Amy has handled this is that she's not answering questions. Um, that she's not out in front of the media answering questions, media that she's not employing, right? I think that, you know, regardless of her level of comfort or whatever the case may be, I think that she needs to answer some questions. And my position on that is not going to be moved. Now, whether she, she doesn't have to comply to that, she's an NFL owner. She, she, she is an NFL owner and they are not required to speak 
in that kind of a setting. There is nothing that demands that Amy Adams Strunk get up in front of me, Kaharski, Tehran, whomever, and answer our questions. Um, she, uh, she was not at the press conference yesterday. She doesn't do these things, right? She had the, the last two press conferences that I can remember were both in the same year and they were both five years ago, almost five years ago. The last time that we had, and obviously we've seen and talked to Amy since then, but not like in a setting, a Q and a type of setting where I think there are some things that should be answered. Um, what questions would you ask, Buck? Well, I would say, at what point did you determine that the collaborative uh, collaborative situation that you set out to provide uh, wasn't going to work in the first year that you put it together? I would also ask uh, how much, if any, uh, or how much credibility there is to the idea that Rand Carthon's hiring was influenced by the NFL because that's been reported on and she has not answered questions about that. I would ask her at what point she decided that she was going to fire Mike Rabel between the six weeks, uh, six week time period that she told Diana Rossini, by the way, Diana's on the radio show tomorrow, um, that she told Diana Rossini that they were sticking behind Rabel, that Mike Rabel was the guy to uh, get them through this and then to turn around and fire him six weeks later. I would like to know at what point that changed. There's a bunch of different questions. I'd like to ask questions about the stadium. <laughs> we haven't, there's no, there's no press conferences. Um, there's been no press conferences regarding the stadium. I, I would like to ask Amy stadium questions and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, there's a variety of different questions that I think need to be asked. And again, this is, we, we have not met, we, we haven't met with Amy when she fired John. We haven't met with Amy when she fired Vrabel. Uh, we haven't met with Amy since the stadium announcement. We, we haven't met with Amy when, I mean, Amy was at the press conference when Rand was hired. She delivered some opening remarks and then, you know, didn't take questions, turned things over to Vrabel. Rabel to ran, then there was a press conference and the whole nine yards. So, um, I think that there is a, uh, I think that there is a lot of this stuff that needs to be, uh, needs to be worked through, um, and needs to be asked. And, you know, like I said, she doesn't, she doesn't have to do it. She doesn't have to do it. And so me as a media member whining about the fact that the owner who doesn't have to do it won't do it. I mean, maybe that'll have some impact. I don't know. But there's no question that they pay attention to everything that we say about this. And I know that for a fact, um, whether that's reading what we write or listening to what we say and, and kind of, you know, that's their job to an extent. They have people hired to specifically pay attention to the kind of gauge the temperature of, uh, of, of the moves that they make, right? They, it would be negligent if they weren't paying attention to some of this and how much credibility they they give to it and how much credibility they don't give to it is, you know, incumbent upon them. Joel Shanker says, how many owners hold pressers? Just wondering. Not many. You're, you're, you're totally uh, fair to ask that question. I know Arthur Blank did today, um, and it didn't sound like that went particularly well for Arthur Blank. Um, Jerry Jones, of, of course, holds regular press conferences. Jim Irsay, right? The, the most talkative owners are not the best owners, even though Jerry... You know, Jerry's got the thing running the way that he wants it to run. Um, we'll see if they win the Super Bowl this year or not. But there there are not many owners that speak regularly with with their respective local media. It's it's mostly a lot of back channeling. It's mostly a lot of stuff on background um, and, you know, not press conference Q&A settings. And if they do do that stuff, they do it the way that she did, which, which, is, uh, which is Mike uh, speaking with Mike Keith, a member of the media who does work for Amy Adams Strunk. Um, Jared Gibson says, I gained respect for Buck after his opinions in the last 72 hours. Well, <laughs> I just assume that none of you have any respect for me whatsoever. Um, and that, you know, 
that we're just that's just going to be a daily fight for me. So that's that's flattering, Jared. Thank you. I'm sure that whatever I did to lose your respect in the first place, <laughs> I'm sure that the last 72 hours I spent time making it up. Uh, Amar says uh, you have a lot of good questions, Buck. Paul is the one that has the horrible questions. No, listen, PK. Listen, sometimes PK's delivery stinks. <laughs> like, and listen, there are moments when my delivery is not great. Asking, uh, uh, asking questions um, in press conferences. There's we plenty of us have botched press conference questions before. And PK gives himself a little bit of a, a little bit of a runway. Sometimes it takes the time to get the question off the ground. But you know, I thought Paul was phenomenal in the Carthon press conference. Yesterday, I thought Rex Road was great in the Rand Carthon press conference yesterday. I thought Steve Lehman asked some really good questions. Um, you know, I asked a couple of questions, whether they were good or not. I wasn't crazy about some of the responses that I got, but that's what it is. So, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of this stuff that, uh, you know, you can go through and cherry pick who you like and who you don't, depending on how you consume your media. But listen, everybody's out there doing the best possible job for you. Um and that includes everybody from Karski, maybe maybe not Stillman. <laughs> and I say that just because I love Jared and he's a buddy of mine, uh, and he's out there just slinging shit for for the sake of slinging shit. That's how it goes. Um, anyway, rising and falling, whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports? Let's talk about it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Right after I remind you that the primetime program is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress. Get that Intel edge you need to succeed, courtesy of the Ashton Real Estate Group. They will uh, get you that dream address without the stress, as I mentioned. Don't sell without the Intel at GaryAshton.com. So, whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports? Uh, Let's talk about it. Titan Thor is, uh, I I assume, arguing with me about... uh, Rand Carthon saying he didn't fire the man. What did you guys want him to say? Oh, no, listen, I'm, my my issue is not with Rand Carthon. I think that's been mistaken, the way that I've talked about this stuff in the last, since the press conference yesterday at 4 o'clock. Like, I have no issues with Rand Carthon. I have issues with the inability um, of somebody who is capable of answering those questions or who is making the decisions that need to be questioned, getting out there instead of sending Rand Carthon out there to take the bullets from us. Like I, I thought, I thought Rand Carthon was done really, really wrong yesterday. I thought that was completely unfair. Uh, I thought it was a sham of a press conference to be honest with you. Um, and, and that's a shame because I think that, I think that, you know, I have no idea whether Rand Carthon's going to be good at his job or bad at his job. I just know that the, the way that the position that they continue to put him in really just does not do the guy any favors. It would seem. Um, anyway, uh, so whose stock rose, whose stock fell, uh, <laughs> uh, buck stock is rising. says Stephen King, he is loving the chaos around the franchise. Uh, listen, you guys know my rooting interest. I'm never going to lie to you. I root for what's best for the show. And, you know, uh, while I don't love firings being best for the show, there is a level of interest in it that obviously benefits what it is that we do around here. Interest level, right? I, I root for interest level. And rightly or wrongly, the firing of coaches and and the the coaching cycle, the coaching carousel is interesting to people. So, uh, you know, I try to not talk about it in a 
in a in a cold or you know unfeeling way because I do know that a lot of people are frustrated and angry about having to change schools for their kids and all this different stuff and you know all the human shit that nobody wants to deal with and no, that nobody wants to deal with getting fired right and you know Vrabel is the only one to be fired and the coaching staff is going to pursue uh, other opportunities and Rand Carthon's not going to get in the way of that the way that David Tepper is getting away getting in the way of the Carolina staff pursuing other opportunities which is just such bullshit um, but. I I don't love the chaos around the franchise, but I do like having compelling topics to talk about. That uh, that much is uh, that much is clear. Um, has the show ever had one thousand viewers before Tuesday? Uh, the radio show or the or the primetime show? I one thousand. No, one thousand would be tremendously low. Um, we I think I got a text from uh, one of our guys in sales around here. Uh, where is it from Andrew Shulman? Uh, I had 17,000 views last night com- combined across, uh, con- com- excuse me, combined across uh, those platforms. And that was, you know, in less than a 24 hour cycle. So no, I mean, 1000 would be 1000. I would, I should be fired if I only got 1000 views on, uh, on any of the shows that I'm doing uh, digitally, but yeah, no 17 K last night is what our sales guy texted me today. So that's great. Um, I, uh, I think that uh, stock down uh, for the purposes of for the purposes of Mike Vrabel. I think that while Mike's stock publicly appears to be rising, I do think that Mike has a lot of of blame to shoulder in how all this played out. And you know whether he would agree with that assessment or not, I'm sure that he would take umbrage with some of that stuff. But I think that there's a I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of this that is that paints Mike in a favorable light and that's fine. Mike deserves a lot of credit for the good work that they did here, but I do think that the that the war hero parade that he seems to be getting out there publicly right now is a little much. I think there's a little more I, I think there's plenty more blame that Mike Vrabel should kind of be, you know, criticized for uh beyond the criticism that is deserved of the organization that fired him i think that you got to have the same energy for both parties because it's not like it's not like this thing uh ended ended smoothly um with the way that things played out anyway so that's gonna do it for us tonight on the primetime show like i said radio show tomorrow we'll talk about nick saban uh we are uh, i know we reached out to a couple of people like greg mcelroy and josh pate so we'll see uh, who on the college side of things will be able to uh, work with us on the Nick Saban story. Diana Rossini of The Athletic will be at 1220 tomorrow, 1220 Central Time. So you can tap into the radio show for that from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Have a great rest of your evening, and we will uh, and we will look forward to talking to you, talking to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. <laughs>